Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles this morning to Acts chapter 1 and um, actually meet me at verse 1. Acts chapter 1 and verse 1. Today is Pentecost Sunday and I'm going to tell you what that means today. A lot of people believe Pentecost Sunday is the birthday of the church. And so we could say today is the birthday of the church. And let's take a look here in Acts chapter 1, 1 through 5. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and teach. Let's pause here for a second. Luke is the writer of the book of Acts. Luke is a physician who travels with the apostle Paul. So here's a preacher and a doctor working together. That should be the case. And so Luke is traveling with the apostle Paul. He's also a writer and he had the privilege of writing this tremendous book, the Acts of the Apostles. Let's pick up in verse two. Until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And so in verse four, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. Somebody say, wait. wait. We don't like to do that. That's, we don't like that word, but to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you have heard from me. Verse five, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. And let's pick up here real quick at verse 9. Go to verse 9. No, no. Um, no, let's go to verse 12. Read verse 9 on your own. We'll go to verse 12. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olive, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. Took them a day to get there. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. And then he lists all of the disciples and apostles in verse 14. These all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brother. So they were with one accord, one purpose, one mind, one unity. They were in harmony together in verse 15. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples altogether. The number of the names was about 120. Now let's go to Acts chapter 2 and meet me at verse 1. And I'll do some teaching here. Acts 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now pause there. The day of Pentecost had fully come. Uh, Don't be scared of this word Pentecost. Pentecost simply just means 50. Just 50. 50 days after the Passover or 50 days after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection. It just simply means 50. Today would be 50 days after we celebrated Resurrection Sunday. So today is the day of Pentecost. And all of the disciples, along with the women, I love that, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, they all went up into an upper room, 120 of them, and they waited for the promise of the Father. 
Jesus told them there will be a promise that God, my Father, will give you the Holy Spirit, but you're going to have to wait. Now understand, Jesus walked the earth after his resurrection for 40 days and 40 nights. He walked the earth. He was in his resurrected body, walking the earth, meeting with his disciples, being seen by people. Matter of fact, 1 Corinthians 15 says he was seen by 500 people all at one time. And so Jesus is on the earth with his resurrected body. He meets with them. The last meeting he has is with these apostles and these disciples. And he tells them, I want you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to wait for the promise of my father. Now, I know we don't like this word wait. We like to do things on our own. We like to make things happen. We like to get ahead of God. We don't like to wait or be patient for God to move. We like to do things ourselves. And I bet you these disciples probably felt the same way. You know what? Why are we going to Jerusalem to wait? And I bet one of the women said, shut up. And we're going to obey God. We're going to go and we are going to wait. Somebody shout wait for the promise of the Father. And so it's the day of Pentecost. Now remember, 40 days Jesus walked the earth. The day of Pentecost is 50 days. So they had to wait for 10 days. And they waited in an upper room, but they didn't have any disunity. They had harmony. They had lightness of mind. They had oneness. They were praying together. They were patiently waiting for the promise of the Father's 10 days. Now, 10 is the number of testing. This is interesting. All throughout the Bible, if you look at the number 10, it is a number of testing. This is why I believe the tithe is a 10th, because it's a number of testing. God is testing you, and you can test him with it. And so 10 is a number of testing. I mean, uh, Daniel, uh, I can go through all the numbers of 10, but, but Daniel, you know, suffered for, you know, 10 days. He was tested. Remember, he not eating the king's delicate food. That was 10 days of testing and he came out better than, than everyone. Uh, there were 10 plagues. Uh, there are 10 virgins. There, 10 has always been a number in testing in Bible. Matter of fact, in Revelation chapter 2, uh, uh, Jesus tells them that this particular church is going to be tested for 10 days. And so 10 is always a number of testing. And here they were being tested by waiting 10 days for the promise of God. And look at verse 2 of chapter 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Come on, somebody shout suddenly. suddenly. Now, suddenly means that something happened unexpectedly. So while they were waiting for 10 days, at some moment, suddenly there was a sound. Now, it wasn't a light, soft kind of appealing type of sound, you know, a, a sound that made you relax, sound that caused you to go to sleep. It wasn't a sound that kind of brought down your anxiety. This was a loud, noisy, violent, deafening, sonic boom that came not from the earth, but from heaven. This sound came from heaven while they were there. I bet it shook them. And it came in from heaven and it, and it came in this sound as a rushing, mighty 
wind. And we all know that wind is invisible, but wind is also impactful. There are a lot of benefits to having wind in our earth. And this wind came, this invisible sound came, and a wind came rushing through that entire house. It filled the entire house where they were sitting. Look at verse 3. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. Now pause there. This sound comes, this wind comes. You know, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, when God gave life to humanity, it says that he breathed the breath of life or, the, or he gave humanity the spirit. Uh, one translation even says wind. He gave man wind. And so this same wind that God gave to create life has now come upon the apostles to give them a fresh new life. And this wind came in, and now notice it affected all of them, but verse 3 says, but it sat upon each of them. What does that mean? Just because the wind roared through the room does not mean everyone individually had an experience. What Luke is telling us, individually, everyone had an experience with the rushing, mighty wind of the Holy Spirit. And everyone understood something is happening here. And look at verse 4. And they, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now notice, they were all filled. That means each of them had their own individual experience. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they begin to speak. Somebody say, speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, this is miracle speaking. If we keep reading in verse 8, there's actually miracle hearing because the people actually heard the languages that they were spoken. But here is miracle speaking. God, through the precious Holy Spirit, came and they begin to speak with other tongues. Now, don't be afraid of this word tongues. Tongues simply just means language. Tongues, plural, means languages. So don't be afraid of tongues. Tongues is in the Bible. Uh, matter of fact, I used to go to the club and, and, and I used to party. These were many, many decades ago. I never heard anybody in there speaking in tongues. <laughs> Not one time did I hear anybody talking to me in tongues, sharing tongues. And a lot of people today think tongues is of the devil. Well, it was never in some of the devil's places that I went to. <laughs> never. Not one time did I experience anyone speaking in tongues. But then we go to church and people in tongues and we say, that's of the devil. No, it's in the Bible. Matter of fact, God talks more about tongues. There's a whole chapter dedicated to speaking in the tongues. But I want you to notice this. The first thing the Holy Spirit changed when he came was their tongue. Mm. The first thing the Holy Spirit changes when he comes on you is your tongue. He changes how you talk. 
He changes how you speak. He changes your language, your tongue. Before I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I used to say this all the time. That's killing me. I said it all the time. That's killing me. Oh, man, that's so funny. It's killing me. It's killing me. And then when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and I began to have experiences with the Holy Spirit, he began to change that and say, stop saying that's killing you. You don't want to die. You need to live and declare the works of God. He began to change my tongue. He began to change the way I talk. And then as I got some teaching, thank God for good, sound, doctrinal teaching. Some of y'all just need to just lift your hands right now. and Thank God for good teaching. Where would you be without good, sound teaching? My goodness, we would be somewhere we don't want to be. I'll tell you that. And some good teaching taught me I need to watch the power of the words of my mouth and the Holy Spirit impacted me and began to change my language. But notice here in verse four, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they begin to speak. Now the word speak is they begin to make sounds and syllables. They begin to speak in other languages. Watch this as the Spirit gave them utterance. So the Spirit gave them pronunciation. The Spirit of God gave them expression and the Holy Spirit gave them speech. So they had to open up their mouth and create sounds and syllables, but the Holy Spirit gave the pronunciation of it. And they began to speak with other tongues. Now watch this. Go to Acts chapter 1 real quick. Turn the page over there. Acts chapter 1. Look at verse 8. Why does the Holy Spirit come upon you? And a lot of times when we're teaching on the day of Pentecost, we spend a lot of emphasis on them speaking in tongues, which I firmly believe in, which I believe we should do more of, praying and speaking in tongues. And we place a lot of emphasis on the tongues and not enough emphasis on why he actually came. And let's look at verse 8, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus says, but you shall receive Power. Somebody shout power. power. Come on, shout it like you mean to say power. power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. Here's the amplified version. But you shall receive power, ability, efficiency and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends, the very bounds of the earth, you shall receive power. The, the necessary reason the Holy Spirit had, was, was deposited in you and on you is to give you power to live this life that God's called us to live. He wanted to give you power to be a witness. And a witness is someone that has seen something, someone that has heard something, and someone that can testify of something. That is a witness. God wants you to have experiences of his power so you can tell other people about it. Let me say it again. No way people didn't receive that. God wants you to have experiences with his power so you can tell other people about it. God wants you to have such 
relationship with the Holy Spirit and his power that things that are happening in your life that are not happening in someone else's life, you begin to witness to them about this is the power of God operating in my life and I'm going to help you with the power of God operating on your life. That's the purpose of the Holy Spirit. And understand, I love the Amplified. He says he's going to give you ability. Somebody shout ability. That is the capacity to act. He's going to give you special talent. He's going to give you special skills and the, and the opportunity to do something with this power. Uh, you see, God is not interested in you having power and doing nothing with it. God is interested in you having power and walking out this life with the power of God. The power of God is the ability to achieve purpose. Power is the ability to achieve purpose. You have a call on your life. You have a mandate on your life. There are some things that God wants you to do, and you can't do it naturally within yourself. You can't do all of these things that God wants you to accomplish by yourself, it's going to require the power of God operating in your life so you can achieve the purpose of God on your life. I'm preaching better than you saying amen in the house, but it requires the power of God to achieve the purpose of God in your life or you'll never get there. I saw a design the other day. It was a design and it said here, I might post it on social media. It said, your plan. And on this side was your plan and it had a, had a blueprint of a house. And then there was this blueprint and it had, this was like a little like uh, 800 square foot apartment. This was the blueprint. It said, this was your plan. And then it said God's plan. And it had this big old house that was about 10,000 square feet and it had a lot of rooms and this and that. And it was saying, this is what, how we operate. We operate with well, this is my plan. I want something real small and I want something little tiny because we're trying to do it within our own power. This is what I can accomplish. And so you, so, and, and I've been challenged by this. When I saw it, I was challenged because my plan seems to be so small. But God has a plan that will blow your imagination, that will give you vision, that will cause you to stir up the purpose that God already has instilled on the inside of you when he gave you the Holy Spirit. And you can't accomplish God's plan on your own. You're going to need the power of God to accomplish God's plan. And that's why he gave you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the power of God. The Holy Spirit empowers you to do what you cannot do on your own. And he's given you the ability, the capacity to act. Who am I talking to that needs to act, needs to do something, needs to step out on something, needs to say something, needs to cause something to happen? Go ahead and start that business. Go ahead and make that invention. Go ahead and, and, and read that book. Go ahead and write that book. It's the power of God on you to act. And I like the second part here in the Amplified. He says it's also efficiency. The Holy Spirit has been given to you to come upon you for efficiency. And I looked up this word efficiency. You want to know what it means? It means accomplishing an assignment with minimum time and effort. Woo, that's good right there. Yes, that's mine too. That's mine. To accomplish an assignment with minimum time and effort. Oh, how many of you know I need that power operating in my life? 
I, things that take six months, the power of God say you can get it done in three months. Things that take seven days with the power of God, you get it done in three days. Things that take one year with the power of God, you can get it done in one month. Things that need to happen tomorrow, God can make it happen today. Hallelujah. I'm preaching better than you shouting in here. We got to tap into the power of God through the Holy Spirit to change and to rearrange things. And that's the next one. The word might means the ability to get anything done. Anything can be changed and rearranged when the power of might is operating in your life. If you live in paycheck and paycheck, by God's mighty power, he can cause you to stop living paycheck to paycheck. Hallelujah. That's the might of God. He can get anything done through you. The Holy Spirit is God's power to transform your world through you. Amen. Only a couple of people got that, but I'll say it again. The Holy Spirit is God's power to transform your world through you. That's the purpose of the power of God coming upon you. Now, next week, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this. But today I want you to know the Holy Spirit was given to you as soon as salvation took place, given to you on the inside of you for you. But when the day of Pentecost came, and the baptism of the Holy Ghost showed up. The power of the Holy Spirit then came upon you for other people. Amen. He's in you for you. He's on you for others. Let me say it again. He's in you for you. And everybody that gave their life to Jesus has the Holy Spirit. But when he comes on you, it's for other people. It's for people to know that you are walking with the Spirit of God, and because you are a witness, you can then begin to tell people, this is why this is working in my life, the Holy Spirit. Jesus is my Savior. God is the one that's providing. Come on, somebody. Somebody shout, the Holy Spirit. I was working a uh, secular job. I was, I got, you guys know my story. I got promoted, uh, three times in two years. Bless God. I went from making $28,500 to over $120,000 in that short period of time, just getting promoted. Someone came to me. They said, how are you able to go from this base entry level job to this particular job that I had that was highly sought out? I don't even have a degree in that area, somebody. Wasn't through education. Matter of fact, I had to watch my mouth with that because some people were like, well, one time I was talking to a friend, footnote, side note, I was talking to a friend and I said something about uh, owing some money at college or something. And, and he was like, how did you get your degree if you still owed that little bill there? I said, uh, Luke, close your mouth because they, they don't need to know that I don't have a degree. Now, I never lied about that. I didn't go on an application and say I don't have a degree. But because of the favor of God, I got the interviews. Somebody's favor is better than degrees. Now, I didn't say don't go get your degree. Zod, go get your degree, okay? But favor's better than a degree. And I never lied about any of that. I just didn't put down that because I didn't have it. But I still got in front of the people I need to get in front of. And this one particular person said, how are you able to ascend so fast in these positions? He said, this is how it is. You must know somebody. I said, no, I don't, I don't know anybody 
up there. He said, he said, no, no, somebody know, somebody knows you. I said, no, I assure you, no one up there knows you. And then he said, Kenneth Copeland must have told someone about you. I said, no, I, I love the Copelands, and, and they, they did not tell anybody. About I don't understand how are you getting promoted. And I finally, when, when, it, when it was hit me, because sometimes, you know, I'm moving a little slow, sometimes it hit me, I said, oh, I need to tell them. The Holy Spirit. I said, the Holy Spirit is opening doors for me. I said, I'm walking with the power of God on me, causing things to be changed and rearranged. Doors are opening to me that may not open to other people. And they're looking at me like I'm crazy. I said, no, no, I'm telling you the truth. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is opening up these doors. And he's putting me in the right place at the right time with the right people doing the right things. It's the Holy Spirit. I became a witness. And finally, when we get in them positions, and I told them too, I said, I'm going to be the number one rep. Well, they're looking at me like, no, you know, everybody had been there so long, you ain't going to be the number one rep. When I left, guess what, what I was? The number one rep, praise God. Not because of me, but because of the Holy Spirit on you. The Holy Spirit is on you to do things that you could not naturally do on your own. This is, this is what occurred on the day of Pentecost. God gave you his spirit so that you can have the ability to transform your world. Now let's go to Acts chapter 10. Let's look at verse 38. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I can preach myself happy up in here. Glory to God. The power of God's on my life. I'm not out here alone. I'm not doing this alone. I'm not feeding my kids alone. I'm not paying my house payment alone. I'm not up here preaching to you alone. I'm not raising my kids alone. I'm not alone. The Holy Spirit's with me. Now look what happened in verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now this is the Amplified Version. How God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with strength and ability and power. How he went about doing good and in particular curing all who are harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil for God was with him. Listen, God anointed Jesus. That means appointed. That word anointed also means to smear or to rub on. He anointed Jesus, watch this, with the Holy Spirit and with power. Notice, everything that Jesus did on this earth, he did as a man anointed by God. Let me say this again. Everything Jesus did on the earth, he did as a man anointed by God. There's only one thing Jesus did on the earth that he did in his deity and that was take all of the sin out of your life, the past, present, and the future. He did that out of his deity. Only one person can do that, and that was God and God alone. But everything else, from knowing what to do when they didn't know what to do, from multiplying food when they didn't have enough food, from causing more supply when they didn't have the supply, from healing the sick when, they, when people were sick, from opening blind eyes when people were blind, 
from, from uh, you name it. He did it as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. So if it's the same Holy Spirit that was on Jesus doing all of these things, it is the same Holy Spirit on you doing these things. See, I'm trying to tell you what you already have. You have not a triplet Holy Spirit, not a little bitty Holy Spirit, not a Holy Spirit that's been broke, busted, and disgusted. No, you have the Holy Spirit that was on Jesus, on your life as well, and you can do the works of Jesus. I'm telling you what we know to be true. And I love the part when it says he went about doing good. You know what that means? That's philanthropy. That means he just walked around, started doing good stuff. Hey, you need something over here? Bless God, I'm going to help you. You need something over here? I'm going to help you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. He went about doing good. You have the power of the Holy Spirit on you to go about doing good. Several, well, this was a long, long time ago. Zai was real little. And we didn't, we was broke. We didn't have no money at this particular time. I shouldn't say we was broke. Thank God we had a roof over our head, those sort of things. But we, we were struggling financially. It was really, really tight. And, and things were really, really a lot of pressure. I don't know if you've ever been there before, but we was there. And uh, Zai had, wasn't feeling well. And we didn't have insurance at the time. And um, I'm like, man, I want to take her to the doctor. You know, they're going to run up a $1,200 bill that we don't have. I said, the Holy Spirit's on me. I got the power of God on me. I got the precious Holy Spirit on me and Jesus laid hands on the sick and he had the Holy Spirit on him. Well, I'm going to lay hands on my sick daughter and the Holy Spirit's on me. And I'm believing that the same results Jesus got, I'm going to get too. Come on, somebody. I said, we didn't have the money to run her to the doctor. And, you know, she had a little little fever. Now you say fever in today's society. Fever is, oh, oh, stay away. Back. It was a little fever then. She had a little fever then. But I laid my hands on her. I said, in Jesus' name, and lay hands on her. She was six years old or something. And I said, Stacy, she's going to be all right. You know, give her a little medicine, lay in the bed, going back. Zach came out the room about 17, 18 minutes later. I'm ready to go to school. And so Stacy was like, well, no, you know, you need to lay back down. And, and then and we had a little the thermostat, and she took a little temperature, and she was fine. 17 minutes later, fine. She said, listen, I'm ready to go to school. And we was like, well, well, I don't know about going to school. And I said, babe, and, uh, you do what you want, but that little girl is fine. <laughs> Hallelujah. God provided healing the same way he did it for Jesus. He can do it through you. Listen, the sole purpose of God giving us the Holy Spirit was to show us that we can do what Jesus did. Jesus was our example. Anytime we read Jesus on the earth, I want you, listen, I want you to look and don't look at, well, I'm the woman that has the issue of blood. Well, I'm the man that needs a healing. Well, I'm the one that needs to be fed. You need to look at it and read it. I'm the one that's helping them. Amen. I'm the one that's laying hands. I'm the one that's praying for them. I'm the one that's providing for them. I'm the one. And so when I read the Gospels, 
I put myself in Jesus' shoes. How did Jesus handle this? Because I've been anointed with the same Holy Spirit he has. And so I'm anointed to do the same things that he was anointed to do on the earth. And we know he came to destroy the works of the devil. The Holy Spirit wants you to fulfill your assignment. He wants to help you do that. The Holy Spirit will cause you to love and respect your spouse. The Holy Spirit will help you raise your children. The Holy Spirit will, he, he can reconcile uh, relationships. The, the Holy Spirit has the power to do what you cannot naturally do on your own. The Holy Spirit. Now watch this in Acts chapter 10. Look at verse 44. Acts chapter 10. And uh, let's take a look at verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, in verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. So while he was speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Look at verse 45. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Now notice, in this experience, while Peter was speaking, while Devon is preaching, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, the Holy Spirit is falling upon you. While I am preaching this word, the Holy Spirit, who received the Holy Spirit right now? The Holy Spirit is falling on you as I'm preaching the word. You are experiencing him in a fresh, new way right now as I'm preaching the word of God. You're going to have new experiences with the spirit of God. He's going to show you some things. He's going to tell you some things. You're going to know what to do when you don't know what to do. Right now, I sense back pain is leaving you right now in the name of Jesus because as I'm speaking, the Holy Spirit is falling on you right now. Right now, he's falling on you fresh. A fresh fire, a fresh wind is falling on you right now as I'm speaking. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I receive. Say it again. I receive the Holy Spirit. He'll begin. He'll begin. He'll begin to do things in your life. Glory to God. Whoa, the power of God hit me so hard, my watch just snapped off. That ain't normal. I paid some good money for this watch. You get a new one, right? Holy Spirit, get me a new watch. Hallelujah. Glory to God, the Holy Spirit. I don't think that was a coincidence. The Holy Spirit is falling on you. Receive it by faith. That's a sign that the Holy Spirit is on you. He's on you. Glory to God. He's on you. He's on you. He's on you. He's on you. In Luke chapter 11, verse 13, he says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He'll give you the Holy Spirit. Come on, come on, somebody lift up your hand and say, uh, I, I receive the Holy Spirit. Say it again, I receive the Holy Spirit. 
One more time. I receive the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid of the Spirit of God. He's on you. The Spirit of God is on you. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.